Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 497th favorite podcast host. And as always, you're chirping down the road of nerdiness. And we're talking WrestleMania. Um, I released a bonus episode earlier this week, a day or two ago. Anyway, talking about my predictions and what I think is going to happen. And right now, we're going to get into another episode of Wipe That Smark Off Your Face and see if any of my predictions came through and just hear my overall thoughts about WrestleMania. So right now, let's wipe that smark off your face. All right, everybody, here we are talking WrestleMania. WrestleMania 34 has just ended. It is in the books. The show was actually one of the better shows. There's a lot to cover. We're not going to go into detail on every match simply because this was a seven-plus-hour pay-per-view, including the pre-show. It's such a marathon going through this stuff now. Even as a fan, you just honestly cannot, cannot go seven hours and without a break. It's just so long, and there's so much to digest. But we're going to jump in, starting with the pre-show, where we had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. This has become a yearly thing at WrestleMania on the pre-show. This ended strangely. You had 29 superstars in the ring, all battling, blah, blah, blah. People get thrown out. It comes down to Woken Matt Hardy, Baron Corbin, and Mojo Riley. Baron Corbin and Mojo Riley are the last two winners of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Woken Matt Hardy, first time being in the Battle Royal, so it was kind of a gang-up thing. Lights flash, you see the Bray Wyatt thing, entrance Bray Wyatt comes in, helps Matt Hardy win. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt throw to the Mojo Riley and Baron Corbin out, and they're the last two in the ring, and they announce Matt Hardy as the winner. I know Bray Wyatt wasn't officially in the match, but it was just it was, it was a really confusing ending, and I don't know what they're going with this. I guess they're teaming Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt up, whatever. We're moving on next to the... Cruiserweight uh, championship match between Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. The match was actually pretty good. Both these guys are great in the ring. You know, good high-flying, high-impact moves. Cedric Alexander gets the win, which isn't really that surprising. I couldn't really – this was a pick for me. You know, neither one of them – like, I, I can see him going either way here. Cedric Alexander seems like the more safe choice. But 205 Live has become a better show overall. But I'm kind of hoping that Neville comes back so we get a, a good heel for Cedric Alexander, who's a white-hot, white-meat babyface to feud with because I think they could have some incredible matches and the build could be a little bit better. Then we have the Women's Battle Royal, which ended also kind of confusingly. The, the few people in this match that did stand out to me were the NXT stars that were in this match, uh, Peyton Royce, Bianca Blair, Kyrie Sane, and a few others. They did a great job. They dominated most of the match, along with uh, three other members of the SmackDown roster, which was the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. All these women, they, they did their best. This ended kind of confusing also as it came down to Bailey and Sasha, which we all kind of figured. They were the only ones that had any kind of story going into this, and I thought we were going to kind of see a little bit of a match between them because there was about 15 minutes left on the pre-show at this time, and they... Chose not to do that. They went to shake hands because they were best friends who've had conflict. Bailey throws Sasha out. Finally, 
for lack of a better term, growing a pair and being a little vicious and taking herself into consideration instead of others. We think she wins only to find out that Naomi had rolled under the ring or under the bottom rope and been on the outside this whole time. She comes in, throws Bailey out, Naomi wins. Super confusing. I don't know what it was with these battle royals, but both of them were confusing and I don't really understand. They Neither one of them have any kind of prize for winning. You win a trophy and you're called the battle royal, but you don't get a title shot. It's not like you get a push is what it seemed from anybody winning. So I don't really know what the point of this is or why it's supposed to be such a big deal besides the fact that it's supposed to be based after Andre the Giant for the men. It was supposed to be Fabulous Moolah for the women, but there was kind of a controversy with how Moolah used to run her practices back in the day, and they kind of changed that. That was it. The pre-show was kind of okay. The Cruiserweight title match was, was really good, and if you're going to watch anything on the pre-show, that would be the one to watch. Moving on to the main show, starting off, we had the Triple Threat Intercontinental title match between Seth Rollins the Miz and Finn Balor. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out in sort of Game of Thrones White Walker gear with ice blue contacts and like a grayish suit. It was really cool. His look was really cool right there. Miz comes out with the Miz Taraz, tells him to stay in the back, and he's going to go at this alone. He's got a little elaborate get up on. He goes out to the ring. Next, we're hoping, when that happened, I'm hoping that we're going to get the demon Finn Balor because he was going to come out last. And, you know, this is his first WrestleMania, and I thought it would just be a big, big thing. Then Finn Balor comes out with a lot of the LGBT community. He has a new shirt that says Balor Clubs for Everyone, and it's a rainbow um, design on the front, you know, of his logo. And he's trying to be an inclusive thing, and I think part of this going to charity. And it was cool. You see all these people representing that community with him, and his gear is kind of, kind of an homage to it with uh, rainbow colors on it. You know, it's a cool little thing to see, and props to him for doing that and trying to bring awareness to to the LGBT community and just trying to give them something, you know, and something, a little representation, I guess you would say, or a little spotlight, or trying to show that we can all be one together. This match was really good, really well put together. It... It was probably one of the better matches on the show. They were given enough time. They told a good story. It was one of the best, better triple threat matches there's been in a long, long time. Ends up, uh, everybody got their stuff in. The Miz got his stuff. You know, Balor did what Balor does. His first WrestleMania, he was out there and he was hyped. He was showing out. There was false finishes. It dragged you in. Seth Rollins wins. Seth Rollins is your new Intercontinental Champion. I really thought they were going to put the title on Finn Balor because I really think Finn Balor needs this belt, he needs something because they're, they're Finn Balor's so over with the fans, but it seems like they're kind of like they don't know what to do with Finn Balor and they're kind of pushing him to the wayside. And I, I don't know how they're going to handle it, but I really think that they should have, in some way, shape, or form, they should have gave him the belt. It gave him, it would have given him something to do, and they could have wrote a lot of good stories going. I, I think he might be going to SmackDown because they're having a superstar shakeup uh, probably this week, you know, Monday and Tuesday. And I he'll probably he might end up on SmackDown. Maybe that's their plan. But I really think he should have won instead of putting on Seth Rollins, who is now another Grand Slam champion. My hat's off to him. Seth Rollins is incredible. But Seth Rollins didn't really need that right now. Finn Balor, to me, needed it, or The Miz needed to keep it. But I'm glad they're giving the Intercontinental Championship some real attention and putting some big-name stars behind it who can actually work because the Intercontinental title has always been the workhorse of the WWE. It's always been the championship that... If you had that belt, you were basically, they were saying that you were one of the best workers in the business because the world championship is for an over guy. And, you know, sometimes it's not really the best when you're talking about Hogan's and Cena's. They might not be the best overall workers or wrestlers. The Intercontinental Championship was always pretty much the guy who you knew in the ring could always give you a good match no matter who they played or who they wrestled against. 
Then next up, we had the women's Raw Women's Championship match between Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Charlotte Flair gets an elaborate entrance with Roman soldiers and a crown on a big throne with her father, Ric Flair's music, playing in the background. And she stands, and then her music plays, and she walks to the ring. I will say this, um, from the championship standpoint of this night, there was only, it's always been tradition that the champion comes out last. I mean, that's always been the tradition in professional wrestling. In this, this night, the only two champions that came out last were Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. And I kind of find that disrespectful. I, I don't know why they chose to do this, but I, I do find that kind of disrespectful. It is tradition for the champion to come out last. So unless, you know, if, if Balor was coming out as the demon, I'd understood that. Every other one, I really don't understand it. Anyway, Charlotte gets her entrance. Next, we get Asuka's entrance. She comes out with a flashy mask on and does her normal stick. So it's Charlotte Flair's championship basically versus Asuka's streak. I picked Asuka to win this match. And I was wrong. It was a very good match. They did not have the time I think they should have deserved to tell the story that they needed to tell. But this match was very well done, very well put together. They did a great job together. They had good chemistry. And it, it's, again, this is it, for two matches in a row, this was a great match. And it kicked WrestleMania off to a great, great, great start. Uh, Charlotte Flair ends up getting the win with the figure eight uh, submission hold that she has. And then Asuka gets up, says Charlotte was ready for Asuka, hands her the belt, they hug. Cool moment. I really think Asuka should have won here. Nothing against Charlotte. I love Charlotte Flair. I think Charlotte Flair is probably one of the best female professional wrestlers, if not the best in the company. But I really think that that Asuka streak should have been going a little bit longer and they could have made a story out of somebody conquering the streak and the championship instead of her just losing to Charlotte here. Although I guess it is better than having... Carmella cash in on Charlotte and or on Oscar and winning the title that way. So it's a well put together match, very fun. Charlotte goes over. So that is two matches in a row that I called wrong. Considering the Intercontinental Championship, I called Finn Balor to win it. That's two in a row I've called wrong. Moving on next, we have the US Championship match. Um it's champion Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, Rusev, and Bobby Roode. This match is what it is. This match was not that great. I mean, that everybody everybody tried, but they Jinder Mahal wins. I thought Randy Orton was going to retain. They put the belt on Jinder Mahal. Really, I'd have went with Rusev or Bobby Roode because I figure again both of them guys deserve to have a push. But they're going to go with the anti-American Mahal winning the United States Championship. The match is what it is. It wasn't that great of a match. Like I said, Randy Orton phones in his matches all the time. I haven't faced the last good match I've seen Randy Orton have, or one I was really impressed with, was probably when he took on Seth Rollins four years ago, something like that. And I just I think that he's the same character no matter what, and it's really just not that big of a deal for me to watch him. Everybody tried their best in this match. They weren't given a lot of time, and they're really this was probably the least cared about match on the card. And the fans, you can kind of tell they weren't really into it. You know, it's nothing against these guys. It's just this match was not – it was thrown together, and these multi-men matches just don't always work. And it's trying to throw everybody on a, on the WrestleMania card just sometimes hurts. So, Mahal goes over. So, I am three down, considering I thought Randy Orton was going to win. That's three that I have uh, screwed up. Next up, we have one of the most anticipated matches on the card. That was Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Now – Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey win. We all knew this was going to happen. 
they're not going to have their biggest star coming in, Ronda Rousey, who's a big name. They're not going to have her lose her first match. I will say this about this match, though. I kind of thought this match was going to be a dumpster fire, and I don't mean that in a ba- I don't mean that in the worst way possible. I just mean that I knew Ronda Rousey was going to be green, and I really intended Triple H and Kurt Angle to carry the majority of this match. I was wrong. The reason I was wrong is because for some reason, Kurt Angle, when he was in TNA, and I know that he was having issues in TNA with addiction, but in TNA, he seemed like he was called the cyborg, and he was always so intense, and he was always there and in your face and smash mouth. And he came out this time, and you would be thinking that the way the build has been. He comes out doing his jokey when he's pointing to the crowd when they say, you suck, he's smiling. And it just, for some reason, he didn't have that killer instinct look that I was expecting him to have in this match when he's going against two people that have been causing him so much trouble the past few weeks. And, you know, it's just that's what I was expecting, and I, I didn't really get that. Triple H continues his streak of having... Uh, an elaborate entrance at WrestleMania. I mean, I guess when you're going to be the one taking over a company, you can do what you want. Him and St- Stephanie are on monster uh, motorcycle trikes and flooded by a long line of women on motorcycles that surround the ring. And it was a cool little entrance, but then that happens. Ronda Rousey comes out looking completely like Roddy Roddy Piper. The jacket, the shirt, she even had a mini skirt kilt on. Which, I will say this, Ronda Rousey looked extremely attractive tonight. She looks so sexy. But moving on from that, Ronda Rousey actually did a, a, a really good job. Now, she is still green. The, she was not completely polished. And I'm pretty sure it was choreographed, highly uh, highly choreographed. That's not a bad thing to say. Because they did their best to make her look good. But I thought Angle and Hunter were going to be the ones to take the majority of this match and carry it. And I was really wrong because Ronda did a lot of the heavy lifting here. And she did really well. She had a lot of intensity. She seemed like she was having a great time out there. And while she is not the the perfect, she's not, you know, perfectly polished and the best professional wrestler, she did a great job in the role they put her in. And Stephanie McMahon did a great job selling for Ronda. And it worked really well. And I was really surprised by this match. And this is actually a really good match to watch. Ronda did a hell of a job. And Ronda Rousey has all the potential in the world to be one of the best female professional wrestlers on the planet if she actually wants to be because she did a bang-up job. And if she keeps progressing in this manner and putting on good performances, her and Oscar or her and Charlotte Flair or her and Becky Lynch are going to be phenomenal matches. And I'm really excited now for her career. As before, I was kind of like, oh, it's not going to be that great because she's so green. She picked it up pretty quickly. She didn't do a whole lot. But she sold really well for when she needed to sell. She seemed like she was having fun out there, and she did a great job. So my hat's off to Ronda Rousey because you surprised the hell out of me, and I know you surprised the hell out of a lot of people out there who watch simply to watch you fall flat on your face. And for that, my hat's off to you, and you go, girl, because you really impressed me, and I am really excited to see what the future holds for you. So Ronda and Kurt Angle win, so that's one I have gotten correct so far. Um, then we had the Usos against the Bludgeon Brothers and the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Usos are keeping up right now with the mainly, if you're not Randy Orton or, Trip or um, Brock Lesnar champion, you are coming out not last. They came out in the middle. The Bludgeon Brothers came out, and I was... The Bludgeon Brothers have been built to be these monster, killer, destructive tag team. They've been beating everybody in brutal fashion, and you're kind of expecting them to come out and this be a 
a reasonably well put together match because you like you want to see what their range is. It's pretty much the Bludgeon Brothers going out there and beating the hell out of the New Day and the Usos. I'm not completely upset with this because I really liked Harper and Rowan. I've liked them since the White Days. I think Luke Harper is one of the most underrated wrestlers on the roster, and I really wish he had a good singles run and they would give him a chance. But if they're not going to do that, you know, at least they finally put the belts on Rowan and Harper, and Harper finally has a title that could actually mean something. Harper looks like he's in great shape. Rowan looks like he's gotten into a little bit better shape. He's gotten a little bit. He's gotten better than what he was. Harper's always been good. They go out there at Smash Mouth style, and they beat the hell out of the Usos and the New Day. The Bludgeon Brothers are your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The first time that these two have held the Tag Team Champions, and they've been tagging together for years now. And you know, Mike. I'm, I was really excited for them when they won because I think they deserved it, in my opinion. So, Cena, next we get John Cena has been at ringside this whole time because Undertaker never calls a challenge. And he's been there as a fan, but he's, I mean, it's, it's weird because they keep showing him. So, you know he's going to be part of the show and you know Taker's coming. But they keep showing him and he's not acting really much like a fan. Like, you don't see him, like, getting into the matches Really, and it's it's weird. You would think that his hype as he was about being a fan that he would be a little bit more animated. He he claps and you know he takes pictures with fans. He's like oh ah, but he does. He's not being what you want. Well, after the Charlotte Oscar match, um, a referee runs down to the ring, jumps the guardrail, and whispers something in Cena's ear. Cena jumps the guardrail and takes off running for the entryway and goes into the back. Well, I guess we're supposed to assume that the ref told him that Taker's here. And so Cena's going to go get ready for the match. It was It's weird the way they pulled this, this off. It, it really is strange. Considering the fact also, I know he's part of the show, but if he's actually there as a fan, he's jumping the guardrail. Where's security at? Why ain't security tackling him? They stopped Rob, tried to stop Rob Gronkowski from jumping the guardrail when he was part of the show. So what's going on here? Anyway, Cena goes back there. After the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, Cena comes out wearing his you know, his clothes and his ring gear. And he said, he's here. And, you know, he gets in the ring and he's waiting, he's waiting. And then the lights go out and well, he's in the ring and then a referee comes and whispers something to him and he grabs the ref. And he's basically saying, you're joking me, right? You're kidding me. Basically saying that Taker's not coming out or whatever. Cena goes to leave. He gets halfway up the ramp. Lights go down. The crowd pops. And then you hear Elias's guitar strum. And it's Elias. And he comes out to a chorus of boos. Elias has been getting over. And people have been saying walk with Elias. And he's been getting over because of his comedic presence. This was general heat because people really wanted Taker. And he played to it. And he kept saying, you thought, I guess you thought it was somebody else. And blah, 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 blah. Elias played this up really well. Cena got down. Cena was going back to his seat. Elias got on the guitar and was making fun of Cena. Making fun of the crowd. Cena comes in, Cena hits him with the five-knuckle shuffle, Elias rolls out of the ring, Cena gets out to go walk up the entryway again, and you hear the lights go down, you see smoke start coming up on the entryway, you look in the ring, there's a spotlight, you see Taker's jacket and his hat laying there, and you see lightning strike it, dark, and then you hear the gong, and here comes Taker. Now, what I really wanted to happen was, because he left his hat and his coat and his gloves of the Undertaker last year after the Roman Reigns loss. I was really expecting and kind of hoping that we got the American Badass Undertaker. And what I thought would have been cool is if you see the darkness, you hear the gong smash, and then you hear, you know, just the gong a few times, and then you hear the familiar 
dead man walking. And then it jumps into American Badass and Taker comes out in full biker Taker gear. We didn't get that. We got Dead Man Undertaker in his hat and coat, gloves. And he gets in the ring. You know, it's a cool moment. Taker comes out. Huge pop. People are loving it. He gets in the ring. They ring the bell. And two minutes and 30 plus seconds later, Taker wins. He squashed John Cena. I don't know what the point of this was. Um, I don't know if this is Taker's last match. I don't know. I really expected a match between these two. I'm not upset with him squashing Cena, especially after Cena talks so much trash and Cena's going away. Uh, they can build it because I know Cena's got movies and stuff to do, and I think they're going to play it that Cena said he, for so long, challenged a Taker, and then Taker just beat him that quick that, take, that he needs to take time to regroup and see where he's at because he's been losing a lot and blah, blah, blah. You know, they can have a redemption story later on when he comes back. Maybe, I don't know what the story is, but Taker wins in 2 minutes 30 seconds. Taker leaves. Taker should not lose. If he's going to keep wrestling, Taker should not lose at WrestleMania again. There really should not be a loss for Undertaker at WrestleMania again, in my opinion. He's had his two losses. Let the man go out with dignity. Now, I will say Taker, for that short period of time, Taker did look better than he has the last few years. He just had hip replacement surgery, so maybe he can move a little bit better. He still has had a lot of put on his bump card. He's a tall guy, a big guy, and that generally works, wreaks havoc on knees and everything, and their health isn't as great. Taker's, it's not like Taker is sickly, but Taker cannot move like he used to. This is probably the best you're going to get out of him. However, again, Taker did look better. Last year, if you remember watching, he seemed like he was wincing. He was in pain a lot because he really needed hip surgery. And he was limping and everything else. This time, he moved better. He was a little quicker. And I think Taker might be a little bit better. And if they continue to do matches with him at Mania, I'm cool with it. They don't need to be super long, drawn-out matches. They could be you know, shorter matches and still have the same impact because it's Undertaker. Taker wins again in two minutes. 30 seconds plus, it is what it is. I never really made a review on it because I didn't say, I knew Taker was coming and I kind of figured Taker was going to win if he did, but I'm not going to call that as a win for me simply because I didn't, you know, I didn't call it in my last prediction video. Up next is probably one of the most, more anticipated moments. It is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Shane McMahon and the returning Daniel Bryan. Now, I got a little emotional watching this because I love Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is such a, and a lot of people say it's because he's the everyman. He's somebody who loves pro wrestling, and he's somebody who doesn't look like he should be where he is. You know, he, he should never have got the push he did because he didn't look like the stereotypical wrestler. So I think a lot of the fans connect with Daniel Bryan because of that on that level. And Daniel Bryan, when he made his entrance to 78,000 people doing the Yes Chance, you can see the look on his face like he's finally home. And I have not seen Daniel Bryan have that look in three years of him being an authority figure or an on-screen figure but not wrestling. He truly does love this business. He truly does love wrestling. And it was great to see. Now, the match started and it was weird. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens attacked them from behind. And they kind of they powerbomb Daniel Bryan on the ring apron, effectively taking him out of the match for a little bit as Shane goes toe-to-toe with them two-on-one. Now, they did this to try to build to Brian being tagged in and being a, a big, you know, his it's finally his moment. You didn't need this. We've had three years of wanting to see Daniel Bryan wrestle again. There was no reason to try to make us wait longer and try to build that anticipation. The anticipation was already there. And when he finally gets on their apron, I, he gets tagged in. And he does a slow where he gets in. And it, it's a cool moment because finally we're going to see it. But I kind of wanted to see the Ronda Rousey 
type thing. I kind of wanted to see it to where when they tag him in, it's not this whole, I'm going to do it slowly and look at you. I wanted him to come in with a ball of fire and ball of energy and just get three years of pent-up frustration of not being able to do what he loves out. Now, Daniel Bryan did a hell of a job. He still got it. He has not missed a step. Daniel Bryan did play it a little safer. If you've seen his style, he changed it a little bit. He didn't He didn't do the suicide dive. He didn't do the diving headbutt. And I hope he never does either one of those again because you run the risk of hitting your head. And I really want Daniel Bryan, he can change his style ever so slightly where he doesn't take those risks and he can extend his career longer because if he gets another concussion, they will never let him wrestle again. There's nothing he can do. They're going to be done. He will have to go somewhere else to wrestle, and a lot of places still won't let him because of all these concussions. And I hope he can stay healthy because they need Daniel Bryan. He's a shot in the arm. He is one of the most over, if not the most over guy now, especially because he can wrestle again. So, Daniel, just slow your, you know, change your style enough to where you don't do these high-risk moves because you don't need to do them to draw us in. We love you, and we want you to keep doing what you did. There is one part where he did a drop kick off the top rope, and when he landed, he kind of held his head for a second and then did a kip-up. I was like, please don't let them play into that he's having concussion issues. Like, I don't want that to be part of a storyline. You know, let's not do that. Let's not go back to it. Let's just let him be Daniel Bryan. Let's let him be Bryan Danielson. Let's let him be himself. And I think he might change his style, may have changed his style, and I hope he has a long career ahead of him because of it. Because Daniel Bryan is one of the best in-ring performers ever. And you have matches with him and Nakamura and him and AJ Styles and all these people like that that you can have these great, fantastic matches with. And we're going to be so excited to see Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon win. They go over. I don't know where this leads with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because they're fired now completely. Do they show up on Raw? Does Sami Zayn go back to being El Generico and put Steen under a mask where they act like it's not them? There could be multiple things to do here. Uh, it's two that I picked right because I, Sha- I knew Daniel Bryan wasn't losing his opening, his return match. I mean, they just couldn't do that. Next, you have Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss comes out in an elaborate crown and robe cape thing. Nia comes out and uh and like a jacket and new ring gear and I will say this you know I know a lot of people look at the uh, the women and they'll say how you know sexy Sasha Banks is or how hot Alexa Bliss is or all this Nia Jax is one of the most beautiful women on that roster she's a bigger woman yes and she's not everybody's cup of tea and I know some people are going to be like how can you say that the woman is just stunningly beautiful she's a former model she could still got it she's just she's beautiful. And I have no shame in saying that. She's one of these sexier women on the roster. And I just wanted to get that off my chest because I've told people that. And sometimes people look at you sideways. Look at Nia Jax. If you don't know who that is, just Google her image and look at her. She's a very beautiful and attractive woman. And in this match, they played it up that basically Alexa Bliss has been manipulating her to just do her bidding. And Alexa Bliss has been kind of bullying her and calling her names and making fun of her weight and her height and all this other stuff, and this match was good. Alexa Bliss is one of the best heels that the WWE has right now. She's small, though, and Nia is a monster. I think Alexa got in a little bit more offense than she really should have against a raging monster that Nia was for being so mad at her, but I know why they did it. Alexa Bliss is good in the ring. This was a fun match to watch. This was a fun match to get into, but this is the point where the crowd kind of starts dying. They've been through so much. They're exhausted and fatigued from the Daniel Bryan stuff and from the Intercontinental Championship matches and the Oscar matches, and it's just it's a, it's getting to where this is a, a marathon now. The crowd 
is into it, but not the way they should be. Nia wins. Nia is the Raw Women's Champion. There's a very emotional where she gets the belt. You see her crying. You see her go out and she hugs her grandmother and she's hugging uh, her cousin, which is the Rock's daughter. And it's a cool moment because she's part of the Samoan dynasty. She's finally won a championship in the family business that the Samoans always get into. When you're a Samoan, apparently it's football or wrestling, and there's such a dynasty in the professional wrestling business that she's a part of. It is a big deal. My hat's off to her. Congratulations. And I can't wait to see where they go with her being the Raw Women's Champion. Next up, you have the match that I was looking forward to most. I have talked it up to everybody, and I, I said it was going to be Flair Steamboat. It was going to be Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and this was AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Let me pause from the one thing on the previous thing. I got that one right, so that's three I've gotten right because I called Nia to win, and Alexa came out first instead of last for some reason. Same here. Well, not no, AJ Styles comes out, so... AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, and Orton come out last. With this one, I kind of understood. Nakamura gets a guitar solo coming in that starts playing his music. And what's cool is WrestleMania 3, Alice Cooper played people to somebody to the ring in WrestleMania 3. And in this one, in WrestleMania 34, 31 years later, his guitarist, his female guitarist, is playing Nakamura to the ring. There's people on stage pretending to play the violin to his music. It's a cool little entrance. I enjoyed it. Nakamura is a rock star. And AJ Styles comes out. He gets a massive pop. And I, I think that they could have played a little bit where they kind of let the energy build before they interacted. You know, kind of like Hogan Rock. Let the let the, let the the build come to a climax. Let the fans get hyped before you touch. They just kind of went at each other. And this match, I hyped it so much. The crowd was fatigued at the very beginning of the match. They seemed like they didn't want to pick sides. You got a Styles and Nakamura chant, battling chant back and forth at the beginning. And then they kind of sat on their hands till they got down the stretch. Like they were waiting for something big. And I hyped this up so much in my mind. And I guess maybe I overhyped it. The match wasn't bad. The match was a good match. But these two, when they wrestled in the Tokyo Dome some years ago, that match was so much better. And I was expecting that match here. And for some reason, we just we didn't get that. They had plenty of time to do it. And, I mean, they had, you know, 20-plus minutes to do it. And I was expecting this just hard-hitting, false-finish match. And it, it, it really just wasn't that. It didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And it kind of broke my heart that we didn't get it. Because I, I had hyped this match to everybody. I told everybody, watch this match. Watch this match. This is the match to watch. And while it didn't, it's not a bad match. It's one of the better matches on the card. It just didn't, dis, it just didn't deliver like I wanted it to. And it kind of disappointed me. And AJ, AJ Styles retains. Now, I'm not mad that AJ retains. I'm really not mad. Because I love AJ Styles. But I think that you missed an opportunity with Nakamura here. Nakamura... You, you've, they've done so little with him since coming to the main roster. In NXT, he was a rock star. And when he comes to SmackDown Live, and he's on the main roster, they haven't done much with him. They haven't let him be Nakamura. His matches haven't been that great. They're not giving him time. And I don't know what it is, but 
they didn't pull the trigger here, and you missed an opportunity to pull the trigger here with Nakamura. Styles could have went to Raw, which I think that probably was what they were going to intend to do anyway. But why not pull the trigger here and let him lose to Nakamura? Nakamura very well be a great champion for you. The first time a Japanese wrestler has been in the quote-unquote main event at WrestleMania, he would have been the first Japanese-born professional wrestler. I mean, professional wrestling world heavyweight champion in the WWE. Why not let him win? And you had him lose here. I don't understand it. And then you do something that's even crazier. After the match, you have him attack AJ Styles. He grabs it. He grabs the belt, and he bows to AJ, and he hands the belt, and he low blows him, and he beats the hell out of AJ Styles. You turn Nakamura heel? Like, to me, it seems like you don't know how to write for Nakamura now. Like, you're like, well, he's not getting over the baby face. We need to make him heel. Why? He, he could get over the babyface if you let him get over as a babyface. You're not pushing them or giving the people or the fans any reason to to get him over as a babyface, and now you think you're going to do it as a heel. You're going to bury Nakamura. Like, I, I really think you're burying Nakamura right now. It was a bad night to be a Japanese wrestler in the WWE because Asuka lost her streak in a match she shouldn't have lost her streak to, and Nakamura lost didn't win the heavyweight cha- or the WWE championship in a match where he should have won the WWE championship. Like, it, WWE is so worried about international coverage and making this big news. Why not put your international stars up front? Let her be the first Japanese-born women's champion. Let him be the first, let him be the first Japanese-born WWE champion. You have international coverage right there. You have SportsCenter on ESPN. You have major moments. And you just you screwed the pooch. I love AJ Styles. I love Charlotte Flair. I'm not complaining or bitching about them. You know, I, them retaining is not going to, like, piss me off. I just don't understand why you why you went the route you did. Maybe you have something that I don't see. Maybe the broad skirt, scope of what you're doing is not clear to me yet. But right now, I think you screwed the pooch on that. And I think you missed two big opportunities here. Nonetheless, turning Nakamura heel, we'll see how it goes. But I, I don't see how this is going to work. I really don't see how him being a heel is going to work. He's not a coward heel. He's not a cheating heel. He can't really talk to Garner Heat. You know, he's not he, – he understands English. He can speak a little English. But without a mouthpiece, how's he going to garner heat talking cr- tr- trash? I, I don't understand where you're going with this. Nonetheless, AJ Styles wins. That's another one that I called wrong. I mean, I, I called it wrong. So, my so far I've got three right and I've got three or four wrong. I mean, my, my predictions are not that great. <laughs> Coming up next, we have one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Braun Strowman and a mystery partner against Shizaro and Sheamus, the bar, or as going in raw, Stephen Larson liked to call them, the bar. And I will call them the bar now because it is hilarious. The bar comes out on this Mardi Gras float, and then they do their entrance, and Braun comes out, steps over the float, and then proceeds to push the float off the stage and break it in half when it hits the floor. He just doesn't like vehicles, apparently, and I'm kind of surprised that he didn't flip it because that seems to be his thing. He gets in the ring, and we are wondering who his partner is going to be. There have been so many names thrown out there, from Kurt Hawkins to Elias to Rey Mysterio to The Big Show. So many names out there. And he says, it's nobody in the back. It's one of you. And he points to the crowd. Now, Andrew on the predictions said this, that you know him pulling somebody out of the crowd would be funny. So I give props to Andrew for calling it because I really didn't think they were going to go this route. He goes around. He goes through the arena trying to find somebody. You see a few noticeable names sitting in a section. You see No Way Jose from NXT. You see Tanahashi and Okada from New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
You see these guys, and I, it would have been so cool if they'd have done something with New Japan and be able to pull one of them in. That would have been so cool just to see. But he goes up, and he finds Nicholas. Nicholas is a kid, couldn't be over, older, ten, older than 10, 8, 9, maybe younger than that. Anyway, he brings Nicholas around. I don't know whose kid this is. I don't know how this kid's related. I know he's a plant. I know he didn't just randomly pull this kid out of the crowd. Or at least we don't think he did because there's no way insurance would allow that. Braun Strowman tells him, gets his name. He says his name Nicholas. He says, stand in the corner. I'm going to do the rest. So Braun Strowman proceeds to take on Thebar by himself. At one point, he's knocked down. Cesaro's up. And he tags in Nicholas. Nicholas gets in the ring looking like he's scared to death. He doesn't know what to do. Cesaro's looking at him. And, you know, you're thinking, well, Cesaro is going to hit this kid. We know that's not going to happen. He immediately tags Braun in. Braun lifts up. Cesaro power slams him. One, two, three. We have new Raw Tag Team Champions, Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men, and Nicholas. Here's some things, thoughts on this match. First off, I knew Braun Strowman was winning. We all knew Braun Strowman was winning. I caught it. It would have been better if he'd have had an actual tag team partner. Here's why. With him doing this and him basically winning this match by himself, you have made your entire tag team division look weak, as I said in my predictions. You have one man, I know Braun Strowman is supposed to be the monster among men, he's supposed to be this heel, monster, challenge, you know, this killer, but you have him go out and you beat the guys who have just dominated your division, so you have just made your entire tag team division look weak as can be, in my eyes and a lot of fans' eyes, because this one man has beaten the best in your division. That's not good booking to me. Now, I don't know if the joke is going to be that him and Nicholas... Or, or he, he pulls a different person every time they defend the titles. They've roped themselves in a corner. How do you get out of this? Because you don't want Strowman to get pinned. You don't want him to take the loss to lose the titles. You can't... So unless you have some random fan, I use air quotes, fan, you know, a professional wrestler that he just pulls out of a crowd one day, he takes the loss. That way Strowman can say, I was never beaten, but this guy was. Then, you know, you can go on from there, but you don't want Strowman to take the loss. Now, also I will say this, Nicholas has got, you know, it's cool for the kid, whether, I know he's a plant, I don't know how it was. It was cool for him, He, you know, something that he'll remember for a long, long time. Nicholas had a longer WrestleMania match than Taker or Cena. Let that sink in for a minute. A quote-unquote kid from the crowd, a fan, had a longer WrestleMania match then Undertaker and John Cena, the most decorated superstar you've had, tied with Ric Flair for most world championship reigns, the face of your company, and the man who longest undefeated streak at WrestleMania and is next to Shawn Michaels, probably the best WrestleMania performer you've ever had. Their match was shorter than a fan, quote-unquote, pulled from the crowd. Andrew, I was t- texting Andrew during after this match, and he said that, you know, that the build with him is they needed to build him to be, you know, him beating the tag team champions was him, you know, they're trying to build this mystique of him being a monster to put him up there with Taker and all that. And Goldberg, you know, is this killer. You had that already. You've built him to do this. He is over. All you had to do was have him win the elimination chamber, go on and beat Brock Lesnar. And you just created the next Undertaker. With that, because you just took the monster among men, you have him beat the beast incarnate that ended the take, the ended Undertaker's streak. You had him the unbeatable monster that is Brock Lesnar that he's lost to himself. You had him conquer it. He hoist it. You drop confetti. You have just made a, the next superstar for you. 
they decided not to go with that. They decided to tag team him, to team him up with a little kid in a comedy spot to win tag team titles as a placeholder because Vince has lost his fucking mind. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's lost his damn mind. You have a, you have a, the biggest star on your roster right now. He's getting some of the biggest pops on Raw. And you just, I'm going to put him in a comedy spot. That leads us into the match that everybody knew was happening a year ago. And that is Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Everybody, It was a foregone conclusion that Roman Reigns was winning. The question was, did he beat Lesnar clean or was Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar? They went into this match. Reigns is getting ragdolled the majority of the match. 90% of the match was Brock Lesnar beating the holy shit out of Roman Reigns. He busted him open with a nasty elbow. I don't know if he's cutting it. I guess they're doing this to bust him the hard way so people aren't blading. If that's the case, then it's getting ridiculous. Because that, that was, it, was, it was a bad, he was a crimson mask. There was six German suplexes. There was six F5s, multiple belly-to-belly uh, belly belly suplexes. There was one belly-to-belly belly suplex that looked very vicious because he was going, Brock Lesnar went to belly-to-belly belly suplex, Roman Reigns, onto an announce table. When he threw him, Reigns didn't really tumble right, and he went face-first into the announce table. He legitimately hit his face. I mean, it might not have been as hard as it looked, but it looked brutal. Some of the Germans and stuff like that, it seemed like Reigns was, I mean, Reigns was playing up that he was wore out and tired, so he didn't get a lot of the leap on it. Brock Lesnar's beating the holy hell out of him. All of this, you know, and all this, you're thinking, well, this is just going to lead to Reigns winning. You know, they're trying to make Reigns look like a superhero and super Reigns to win. Reigns is kicking out of F5 after F5 after F5. Finally, six F5s later, Brock Lesnar wins. It was shocking, yes, but it wasn't shocking in a fun, oh my God moment. It was like, wow, they, they actually let Lesnar win. That's amazing. I guess it's because everybody knew Roman was going to win. They're like, well, we're going to swerve everybody, and we're going to let Roman Reigns lose here, and then nobody will see that coming. Nobody cared. People were actually leaving during this match. People were chanting, this is boring. People were chanting, this is awful during this match. The Roman Reigns thing is a complete failure. Four WrestleMania main events, four years of you pushing him. The fans are just booing him. When he comes out, they cut the mic so you can't hear the boos. We all know he's getting booed. Okay, stop trying to cover it up. Stop trying to make it seem like he that people aren't booing him. It's a failure. Reigns has a potential. Maybe one day he will be your big star. Rock had this. Rock was getting booed, and you went a different way with him, and Rock became one of your most popular superstars of all time. Do that with Reigns. Stop forcing him down the throat and rewrite it with him. Turn him heel something because you're doing nothing but hurting Reigns' career. Having him kick out of five F5s and all this, you think it's making him look like a superhero. It's not. It's getting people pissed off because you are shoving him down our throat that he is supposed to be this badass that can barely get beat. You know, and it just doesn't work like that. We need something different, something fresh. You should have had Strowman in this match. Strowman should have been the one in this match. Strowman should have been the one winning this match. Strowman should have been the one hoisting the Universal Championship at the end of WrestleMania 34. Roman Reigns should not have been placed in this position. I'm sorry. To anybody who loves Roman Reigns, I don't, I'm not a hater of Roman Reigns like that. I think he busts his ass for that company, but they are shoving him down throats, and they are doing more harm than good for him right now. They really, really are. Four years of him being, them trying to make him the guy has not made him the guy. It has made him hated more. He has been booed out of four main events at WrestleMania. Four buildings they have booed him out of. And you think that this is that this is, is working for him. It's nuclear heat that he doesn't want. It's not heat that he's trying to garner to be a heel. It's just heat that people are sick and tired of it. Let's get something new, guys. 
This wasn't shocking. This match was boring. And Lesnar, I'm over Brock Lesnar. I'm over Suplex City. I'm over all this, you know, either I, there's two types of Lesnar matches. Lesnar comes in and Lesnar kicks your ass for 90% of the match. And then he wins with 90 something suplexes and all these F5. Or Lesnar comes in, gets his ass kicked, constantly hits one move and wins. Back in the day, the NWA champion, you know, when he came to your, when the NWA champion came to your neck of the woods or the WWF champion, wrestled it was a big deal and i understand that they they kind of want that to be a spectacle but people are over the brock lesnar thing they just really are the only reason brock lesnar got cheered in this is because he was going to get roman reigns i mean let's just be honest like i said had you put Strowman in there lesnar would have been the heel in this match lesnar would have been booed you tried to get the fans to turn on lesnar they didn't turn on him they hated reigns more for it so it's not working. We just try something else, guys, because this isn't going to work. This isn't your experiment is failing. Shift gears and try something new before you just completely ruin Roman Reigns' career. That's just coming from a wrestling fan who doesn't hate Roman Reigns, but it's over the Roman Reigns super Samoan gimmick. I, I just understand. I understand he's good looking. I understand he's got what you want, but right now is not his time. Down the road, maybe, but right now is not Roman Reigns' time. Can we please just move on and try to get something new and fresh in there before you kill his career? So that's what happens. Tomorrow night is the Raw. We're going to see some returns. We should see Samoa Joe or Big Cass and a few others return. I think we're probably going to get a Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar feud coming because I know Le- Le- Bobby Lashley is going with Impact, and there's rumors that he's going to WWE. It would make sense. They're built similar. They have similar backgrounds, MMA, uh, both national wrestling champions in college. So we'll see how this goes. Or if somehow Heyman ends up accepting a rematch with Reigns on behalf of Brock Lesnar and turns on him. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I, again, I'm just the Roman Reigns thing isn't working. Let's try a new experiment. That's my thing for WrestleMania. So let's say it. I called the Lesnar match wrong because I think everybody called that match wrong. I don't think anybody had Lesnar winning that match. Uh, I called the Orton match wrong. I called the Nakamura match wrong. I called the Women's Raw Championship wrong. I called the IC Championship wrong. I called the Daniel Bryant match right. I called the Nia Jax match right. I called more wrong than I did. I called less right than I did wrong. I mean, it was just the majority of my matches were just off. That's all I can say. WrestleMania wasn't terrible this year. The first half of WrestleMania was fun, great to watch. Again, towards the after the Daniel Bryan match, it just kind of went downhill because people were just over it. They were exhausted. This is such a marathon. They have to go through this many matches and sit there for that long. And the rest of the matches suffered from then on out because the fans were just so fatigued. And when your main event is getting this is boring chance, this is awful chance, CM Punk champs are playing with beach ball. The beach ball got a bigger pop than the wrestlers did. You've got an issue. Let's not put Reigns in the main event, please. Do something fresh. Do something different. That's just coming from a wrestling fan who wants to see the business succeed, wants to see everything go on. That's it. Thank you all guys for following me. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave about WrestleMania. Follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. During the wrestling pay-per-views especially, I usually live tweet a lot of the pay-per-views. And sometimes I put funny stuff. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. You can see me make videos where I talk for a minute about stupid stuff or post stupid pictures or quotes and memes if you like memes you can come check it out because i post them quite regularly follow me on twitch at nerdpool gaming i stream every now and then i'm actually hoping to do live podcasting before long so follow me there thank you all for the support thank you all for the love 
Whenever you go to this podcast, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button, share it with your friends, comment on it, let everybody know about it. Help me get my numbers up just a little bit. I ain't asking for no money. Just asking you to share me with your friends if you like what I'm saying. Thank you again for everybody out there. So that's Nerdpool for this week. Until next time, see ya. Yeah.